<clears throat> I came across this quote uh, attributed to Bill Gates. It goes like this. I choose a lazy person to do a hard job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. <laughs> well, smart cut wisdom for the working environment. We are continuing our faith work sermon series titled Imaging Jesus in Every Endeavor. And today I want to offer you an image, another image, uh, to help hold and broaden our understanding of this title that we've been using. And the image I want to offer you comes from Pink Floyd's uh, famous album cover, The Wall, one of the most recognizable album covers in music history. And that is the image of a prism. And so if you know this album cover, you remember, you'll remember seeing this, this white light coming in from the left, my right, your left. Uh, it hits the prism, and then it, it bends, and it, it goes into all these different colors of the rainbow as it exits, exits the, the prism, which is what prisms do with white light. White light is, is actually a mix of all the colors, in fact. And this is, prisms are this uh, special glass that separates all those colors as it enters the prism, what's, what's called refraction, so that when it exits, it's divided up into the colors that are all in the white light. And what's interesting was it, when the light, white light comes into the prism, the light actually slows down and bends. And it bends at different degrees depending on how much it slows down, how much each color slows down. And each color, in fact, slows down to different degrees. And so you have uh, colors like blue and violet. They bend, they slow down more. So they, they, they're down further on the band of colors. And red and orange, I think, bend less and are, and are not as slow. And so when they come out, they, they come out with this beautiful band of colors because of this, this cool thing that prisms do. Well, here's the, the metamorph... Metamorphical... Metamorph... <laughs> metamorphical... I can't say that word. Here's the meaning <laughs> I'm going to offer you from this metaphor. Uh, Imagine Jesus is the prism, all right? And the Holy Spirit is that white light coming from, proceeding from, as we say in our creed, from the Father. And it's the white light that enters the prism, and when it hits Jesus, it bends into all these colors and shines down uh, onto the canvas of the world. And so that when we look at the life of Christ in the Gospels, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this Trinitarian dynamic reality going on. In our gospel passage, we heard in John chapter 5 this. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. He, he says this kind of thing throughout the Gospel of John. Hear this. This is later in, in chapter 5. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. 
And my judgment is just because I seek not my will, but the will of him who sent me, the Father. John chapter 7. My teaching is, is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. John 12. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all the things I have spoken. And I know that his commands lead His commandment leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So that all that Jesus said and did on the earth was basically a refraction of what the Father was saying and doing. So that's why he says, when you see me, you see the Father. I'm displaying him here. Um and what I'm doing, and what I'm saying. Jesus, in chapter 5, he also said that the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. He doesn't keep this hidden from Jesus. He loves to show himself and to show Jesus, his Son, while he was on the earth, what he was doing. And it's similar to what we were talking about yesterday at the retreat. God shows us these things about himself, about his son, not because he owes us, not because we did something special, but because of mercy, because he loves us. He wants to show us these things. And so Jesus, when he's there in the Gospels, he's on the earth, he's always got his eyes to the Father, seeing him in the Spirit, receiving from him in the Spirit, and displaying that in all that he said and did. This is a very similar pattern to what we talked about again yesterday at the retreat, this seeing, receiving, translating. What Paul did when he was on the road to Damascus, he saw and he received. And when he got a job description from Jesus, it was to help people open their eyes so that they would see and receive from God. So what we see here is Jesus is living by that same pattern of discernment. We've been talking about discernment. Last week we heard a, a, an amazing sermon by Eric on discernment. Well, the first one who really lived the discerning life was Jesus with his Father in the Spirit. And so Jesus, to image Jesus in every endeavor, is to do what he did in the same way. So it is like Jesus and with Jesus and in Jesus to see and receive that pure white light of the Spirit that's proceeding from the Father and in Him and with Jesus to refract that light and display all those bands of colors on the earth in all its cultural, ethnic, racial diversity in all the different vocations and gifts of the Holy Spirit on the canvas of the world. Jesus said, we've referred this to this as well. This was in Garrett's sermon. Let your light shine before others so that they would see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Because ultimately that light, the light we shine is not our own. It's a borrowed ray, as the hymn puts it. It comes from our Father, and so the glory goes back to the Father always. 
And that's true, uh, wherever it shines. And in this series, we've been talking about how that light shines in our area of work, where we spend the majority of our time, whether that's paid or unpaid, whether that's at home or at a school or the office or a construction site. And here's the practical part of the sermon, which is the rest of the sermon. What I have found to be extremely helpful and effective is refracting the Father with the Our Father. The Our Father being another way of naming the Lord's Prayer, being the first part of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is first Jesus' prayer, his words he gives to us, his prayerful way of refracting the light of the Father in the world that he gives us, that he brings us into. So our Father, it's a way of first and foremost orienting ourselves to the Father, like Jesus did, right, who always had his eyes to the Father. That was primary. That was first and foremost for Jesus and all that he did. And who then invites us into that relationship. So he's like, now I want you to pray like this, like me. Pray to the Father, to my Father, as if he is your Father. As if he is our Father. It reminds us of our identity. What's primary in our identity with God? That being in Christ, being a child of God is first and foremost. We heard this from Clayton uh, yesterday, how much this has meant to him in his journey at the retreat. That as important as our, our professional, our work identity is, it's important. That's why we're giving a whole series to this topic. But even though that's true, what's most important about us is that we're children of God, and God is our Father. We always need to come back to that. And we always need to remind ourselves of that in our work environment before we go to work and while we're at work. It makes for a very different working experience. Our Father in heaven, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. That's the Lord's Prayer in a nutshell. Every other line is just a different way of asking for that to happen. Our Father in heaven, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. That reminds me of the, the overall goal and movement of God. And throughout the scriptures, if you see the scriptures, you read the scriptures, that's what's happening. God and his kingdom are coming to the earth so that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. You get to the end of Revelation and it finally happens. Heaven is coming down to the earth. So that if you're on your way up to heaven, you think that's where you're going to go finally and fully you're going to be surprised to meet God and he's going on his way down <laughs> and you're going to miss him. He's coming to the earth. He wants to change this reality. He wants to translate the reality of heaven into an earthly reality where heaven and earth come together. So on earth as it is in heaven, that's how our prayer should be always focused, that the life and the rule of heaven would come and be translated into our reality here and into our work space and the way we do work and the environment of our work. That the Father's name 
which stands for, represents all that God is, would be hallowed, would be treated as sacred on the earth in our workspace, as it is hallowed in heaven. There it is hallowed. There his name is special. That is not always the case in our workplace, as you well know, where his name is mostly used as a curse word. And this happens, of course, when our refracted light from the Father shines in those areas so that, as Jesus said, when they see your good deeds, they give glory to your Father in heaven. So when Christians refract the light of the Father into their workspace, that's one of the biggest reasons people want to become Christians, when they see that actually happening. And when that isn't happening, when we neglect to do that, when Christians actually act more like a black hole that sucks all life and attention into themselves, that understandably is the biggest reason people don't want to become Christians or give glory to the Father. Our bread, it reminds me to pray not just for my bread. <laughs> you notice those words Jesus puts in there. Our. Not just for work that puts food on my table, daily food for my table. Our bread. It reminds me to pray for other people's bread. It reminds me to pray for other people's work who maybe are unable to or can't find work to put daily food on the table. Our bread gets me thinking and praying for those in Gaza right now as we read the news, where getting daily bread is a, a daily and many times hopeless struggle, where people's work and working environment is in utter chaos and in the exact opposite end of the that peaceful, restful work of Eden we've talked about. When we pray for our daily bread, we can include that reality in there. <coughs> During the announcements, we're going to hear from our own Christine Jones, who works for ARDF, the Anglican Relief and Development Fund. And she's going to share a bit about the relief work going on in the, uh, those, for those who are affected by the Israel-Hamas war. And she's going to talk a bit about how it's very difficult, of course, right now to get funds and uh, to get money into Gaza. And so that is a, something we can specifically pray for, that that reality would change. On a related note, the, the bishops of the Church of England, they issued this statement on the Israel-Hamas war that offers, I think, a really balanced yet critical proposal for peace, a way forward, an appeal for peace. That's worth, worth reading, in my uh, opinion. And they advocate for things that we should be advocating for immediate humanitarian measures in Gaza, for adherence to international law in this, and for joint prayers for peace and justice with other Christian leaders in Jerusalem who are leading really good examples here, actually, that we should read about and listen to. Well, the Lord's Prayer can help this, help us pray for this, the way Jesus teaches us to pray, depending, on, again, on who we include in that hour in us when we pray for our bread, when we pray, forgive us 
our sins as we forgive. Deliver us from evil. We don't have to limit that our and us to just us here or even to us in, the, in North America, but we can especially pray for those who are going through things like they are in, in Israel and in Gaza. And we can pray for the light of our Father to shine in that land, that it would be on the earth, in Israel and Gaza, as it is in heaven. And to imagine all the ways that should cause us to pray so that the work of war and running from war would be replaced with the peaceful, restful work of Eden. So that the light of the Father through the Prince of Peace would shine on that land and give them that foretaste of that day then when they would beat their swords into plowshares, their, their spears into pruning hooks. When our weapons of war would turn into gardening tools, as, as Pete mentioned in his sermon a few weeks back. When nation will not lift up sword against nation, neither shall we learn war anymore. And I think for that to happen, they're going to need to not just have us praying for them, but they're there in Israel and Gaza. They're going to need to learn how to pray, forgive us as we forgive each other. I'm going to finish with a personal story of when on a much, much smaller scale um, at the fire department, I saw the, the light of the Father refracted after praying the Our Father for a time in my time there, in my space. So I like to pray and paraphrase the Lord's Prayer wherever I am, wherever I work. And I think we're meant to paraphrase the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, pray like this. Pray in this kind of way, this simple way, and for these kinds of things. And so if I'm out for a walk in my neighborhood, or even sometimes I'm at the gym, under my breath sometimes, I'll pray, I paraphrase the Lord's Prayer. I'll say, Father, may it be here in this particular space as it is there in your space. So whatever is going on there, Father, may that start to happen here somehow eventually and whatever isn't going on there, may that stop happening here. That's the kind of way I pray, where I go and where I work. So I was working at the fire department in Newport News. And when I was on shift, if there was some downtime, I would like to go into the dorm room uh, where we slept. And I would like to pray for the firefighters I worked with. And what I would do is I'd go through each bed because I could remember who I'm praying for so I could pray for each firefighter by name in there. And I would also pray in that space, like I did when I walked through the streets of our neighborhood, uh, Father, may it be here in this space, as it is there in yours. Whatever's going on there, may that go on here. Whatever isn't going in there, may that stop happening here. There was another room I like to do this in at the fire department, the one that I worked at. There was this room in the back and I'd go in there, and this room, on the wall, there was a picture, or somebody had made some kind of art that said, the portal of misconduct. You can imagine, yeah, well, don't imagine <laughs> what was going on back there, but firefighters, they're an interesting group of people. <laughs> they're willing to lay their lives down for people, sometimes even strangers, but their personal lives are really a mess. 
sometimes more so than other people. So I would go in um, to this room and I said, Father, turn this portal of misconduct into a portal for your kingdom. Instead of misconduct coming into this room, may your kingdom be in here as it is in heaven. So I started praying along those lines. I'd go back there and I'd love to pray that. Well, that became a space, a place where I would go to quite regularly to pray, to read, and eventually to actually read for my Anglican ordination exams. <laughs> and uh, I would do that for a while. I did that for a while because I wanted to become, a, at this time, a, a tri-vocational firefighter paramedic priest, which, uh, which I did, uh, which was great. Well, around the same time, the Holy Spirit was drawing one of those firefighters I was praying for by name. Justin. Justin Weston. He's still alive. I'm not crying because uh, he's, he's died or anything. But uh, just, yeah, just, I wasn't ready for this to be that moving. But, or maybe I should have been. But <laughs> anyways, he was going through um, a breakup, a bad breakup with his girlfriend. And he knew I was a Christian, so he, he reached out to me and started talking to me about God and about Jesus, as people do oftentimes when they go through bad things and they know you're a Christian. And so what was happening is his sister was a believer too, and she would be talking to him about Jesus at home, and then I would be talking to him about Jesus at work. And uh, eventually, he surrendered to Jesus, got baptized. We went to his baptism, which was very beautiful and, and memorable. Well, he started joining me in that back room, <laughs> and we read Christian books together. We talked about the Christian life. It was all new and exciting, which you know when someone's a new believer, they're just hungry, and they want to know, they want to read, and they want to pray, which is what we did. And so we did this a lot, and people knew we went back there, and they knew something like this was going on. And so the name of the room changed from the portal of misconduct to the chapel <laughs> in our fire station. And people would start poking their heads in sometimes, wondering what we're doing, and sometimes they would sit down and, and ask us questions, and uh, there was a real work going on. And, and during, like, Thanksgiving things and stuff, they would ask me to pray for the meal. They saw me as the chaplain, kind of, in the station. It was really powerful. God was answering my prayer. I, wasn't, I didn't come up with some plan. I didn't, it wasn't my wisdom. I was just praying the Lord's Prayer in that space, in that place, for that space. And so, <clears throat> Justin, he's now one of my best friends. We go to Virginia to see Anna's family, but whenever we go, I go see Justin. And he is now working in emergency management. He is now there shining the light of the Father through Jesus in that space and bettering the systems, the, the emergency management systems in that area, what, the very emergency management system we worked in together. And he's an awesome, he's in the right job. He's so good for that. But when you pray the Our Father <laughs> to refract the Father in this world, you, you never know how far that's going to go. So I would encourage you to try praying and paraphrasing the Lord's Prayer where you work, in the very space of where you work, for the very space where you work, and see what happens. Amen.
together 